Welcome to This Is Pod, another podcast in this overcrowded space about movies, TV, and whatever else comes out of my mouth in the next hour or so. Um, Today's inaugural episode will focus on um, several news topics that have come out over the past week, including uh, the first Tom and Jerry, uh, the movie poster coming out today uh, with a trailer dropping later this week, Johnny Depp's exit from Fantastic Beasts and what this means for um, the franchise moving forward as well as other decisions um, throughout the landscape of WB and some of their other properties as well as um, several other topics that we'll get to and maybe even touch on some other uh, reviews of shows and movies that I've come across or or watched in the past week. Um, Before we get to that point, Um, This episode is brought to you by Anchor, so let's hear a word from them real quick, and then we'll get started. This episode is brought to you by Anchor. Have you ever wanted to start your own podcast but didn't know how or didn't have the right equipment? Well, Anchor is a free platform that makes it super easy for you. You can record straight from your phone and upload to Anchor, and then they will distribute the podcast for you to Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get podcasts from. You can get started right now with Anchor's free app available on the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store, or wherever you get your apps. You can also visit anchor.fm to get started at any time. Jumping into the first topic, the Tom and Jerry the Movie poster dropping today uh, with a trailer set to drop tomorrow, Tuesday the uh, 17th. The, tra- the poster is what you'd come to expect from the franchise, very bright, colorful, uh, and it looks like they're going to be going a little international uh, with a landmark from overseas. Um, the movie doesn't have a date on the poster, um, nor does it have a date uh, as of right now due to uh, COVID and everything going on in the world. Just like every movie, dates are continuing, continually fluctuating, continually moving, and who knows when anything's coming out of this. Uh, having said that, not a lot to go off of um, with this uh, particular poster. Uh, the movie is coming out hopefully next year. Um, it was set to come out later this uh, Christmas season. Uh, doesn't look like that's going to be happening. It, Warner Brothers moved just about everything off the calendar, as everybody has, um, except Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman's still uh, holding firm on that December 25th date. But of course, that that date is most definitely not going to happen at this point. Uh, if it was, we'd start seeing a heavy marketing push uh, relatively soon, if not already. And at this point, with the state that movie theaters are in, I don't foresee that happening. Uh, so with that, I don't see this movie coming out anytime this year. I'd see uh, Tom and Jerry coming back, or coming out rather, probably uh, spring 
of next year if it can compete. It's going to be a loaded year next year if, if things start to get better and movies start to hold their dates. So I don't foresee them actually, you know, having a lot of a lot of room to to find a perfect spot. They're going to have to take something and take a loss. The movie's directed by Tim Story, who directed the first two Fantastic Four movies that came out in the mid two thousands. Those movies didn't do too well, and you know, Tim Story has gone on to do a few other things in his career since then that have done a little bit better. But he's not. You know, you're, he's not your go-to uh, director or your big name like you would see with a lot of the names with Marvel, like a James Gunn, like a Joss Whedon who's also fallen off uh, since his Avengers run. Uh, but he's, he's, Tim Story is certainly capable of coming up with comedies, and I think that's where he strives the most is with comedies. He did uh, Taxi in 2004, uh, Barbershop in 2002, and Think Like a Man in 2012, or three of his uh, more well-known movies. And then he's got several movies coming out, um, such as Ride Along 3, uh, a Monopoly movie, and then a Christmas-themed movie called Humbug, and his most recent film uh, being Shaft, that came out last year with uh, Sam Jackson. Uh, and his son, played by uh, the same gentleman that plays A-Train in The Boys, uh, Jesse T. Usher. So, you know, with that, uh, particular movie uh, with Tom and Jerry. Something I've been looking forward to. I'm interested to see what they do with it. I know initially the idea behind it was that they were going to have an entire kind of shared universe almost with these uh, these old Cartoon Network uh, IPs. And I remember Nickelodeon was also looking at doing something similar. Someone pitched that where they were going to do, you know, almost like if you've ever seen the ride at Universal Studios, from long ago, it's since been discontinued, but there was a ride that had uh, the Nickelodeon characters going in and out of each other's worlds as Jimmy Neutron was chasing a Ooblock uh, from uh, his movie, and he would go through Bikini Bottom, he went through uh, several other Nickelodeon worlds. So, you know, that's something I think could really work, and I was really hoping to see that with the Cartoon Network stuff as well. Um, it doesn't look like that's going to be um, what they're what their approach is with this. Uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see if this thing takes off, does gangbusters, and really uh, makes a lot of money for Warner Brothers. I could certainly see them uh, moving in that direction. Uh, but we'll certainly have to wait and see how that plays out. And it's also going to heavily depend on where this movie falls on the release calendar. Like I said, with with everything going on right now, it's not a, a done deal where any movie is going to come out. Next year is stacked right now with the movies that were supposed to come out in 2020, uh, the movies that were supposed to come out in 2021. So we'll have to see what moves, what stays, and and go from there. You know, and another movie, you know, parlaying that into our next topic, another movie that is going is going through some uh some changes that will probably have to uh, probably have to affect the overall release schedule or release plan is Fantastic Beast 3. Um, Fantastic Beast, of course, the spinoff of Harry, from Harry Potter, the uh, prequel series, actually. And the sequel, uh, The Crimes of Grindelwald, came out. It, a lot of fans were, at the time, upset that Johnny Depp had reprised his role of Grindelwald in the movie. And it was certainly... 
uh, warranted at the time with the information we had. At the time, Johnny Depp, Amber Heard had an ongoing uh, dispute, a rather public dispute, over some allegations of abuse, physical, emotional, and and otherwise. Um, At the time, it seemed to be heavily one-sided towards Johnny Depp being the abuser. Um, Since then, some more information has come out that has uh, kind of implemented Amber Heard in the abuse as well. Whether you know one was warranted from you know lashing back at the other for their initial abuse, abuse in any manner is not good. You know if there's abuse going on in a relationship, the best bet is to just get away from it. You know find a way to to exit. I know it's easier said than done, especially in uh, you know emotional abuse cases. But you know if possible, that's the quick that's the best way to go about it. And it especially when you're in a situation like Johnny Depp, Amber Heard, where you're these, where you're these larger-than-life celebrities who have these franchises behind you, and stuff like this can really hinder not only you, but the people that are working on these projects. You know, if, if this causes a delay for Fantastic Beasts, you know, that could have put other people out of a job who work on the set. It could have delayed the project very long, because if the project, you know, the start date for filming got delayed, and Eddie Redmayne, say, picks up another project, you know, in the meantime, you know, and that's going to delay that. And then if the new start time for the movie approaches and somebody else has taken on a role or maybe they're not able to get the right people back, it puts a lot of people and a lot of moving parts at risk. Um, Warner Brothers or Warner Media had asked after uh, recent court filings, court cases came out, um, it does uh, implement Johnny Depp even further in the abuse scandal doesn't uh, take anything away from Amber Heard. Amber Heard is still, you know, she's still getting flack for her apparent abuse and and the things that she's alleged to do to have done to Johnny Depp. So she is uh, she is still on board for Aquaman for the sequel to play uh, Mara and continue to do so as of this uh, recording. Johnny Depp was asked by Warner Media to step down from the role of Grindelwald for the third Fantastic Beast movie. Currently, uh, Warner Media is, is the rumor going around, or the report rather, is that uh, Mads Mikkelsen is in talks to replace Johnny Depp, which Mads Mikkelsen is a fantastic actor. Uh, he's one of my favorites. He's one of uh, the best character actors going around right now. And I would love to see him step in the role. Personally, Johnny Depp, for me, had fallen off uh, with a lot of his recent roles uh, in his role as uh, Captain Jack Sparrow. He had started to to really uh, taper off and get very cartoony, and a little too cartoony for my liking. Then he had uh, that vampire movie that he did with, uh, that was, it was alright, but it, again, it was a little, Johnny Depp, to me, is a better actor. He can he can take on roles, and he can become a he can be a very very good actor. And sometimes with his roles he's chosen lately, he has just become a character of himself. And you know whether that's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which I know is is loved by many, uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, which are loved by many, but in my opinion he gets extremely kind of uh, cartoonish towards the uh, later films. Uh, you know, and then with the 
the role of uh, the vampire movie that uh, I mentioned earlier. Um, Alice Through the Looking Glass, he was extremely uh, cartoony, but sometimes he does it in a way that, that really uh, really fits him well, and he can tone it perfectly to the role he's in in a movie like Tusk or Yoga Hosers, where he plays uh, Guy LaPont, and you know, he's a drunk detective who in Canada who it, it fits him really well to have that, that cartoonish vibe. Um, but then you look at other movies like Murder on the Orient Express, where he's in a smaller role uh, as Edward Ratchet, and you see him and you just, you, you can't separate the, the character that he's played from the serious role that he's trying to pursue in that project. Um, and it, it's hurt him in other films such as Transcendence, which wasn't a great movie in its own right, but it was at least a a more serious role for him, so I did uh, enjoy seeing him try to go back that route, um, and it just didn't work out for him. Uh, he did Black Mass in 2015, played Whitey Bulger, uh, Bulger, and he was great in that, but again, it was something, something was off where you saw him play in this dramatic role, and he's very good at doing that, but then you see him and, and you just can't separate Johnny Depp the pirate, or Johnny Depp the vampire, um, from this, this serious gangster role that he's trying to uh, trying to embode, and it's it's unfortunate because he is a fantastic act- actor. He can do drama very well, uh, and it is just unfortunate that he he was not able to uh, continue playing this role, the Grindelwald role. Uh, personally, my my personal thought on it is if he's asked to exit the role. I personally feel whether, you know, I, I'm not going to say who's in the wrong, who's in the right, um, that's not my place, but I feel if he's going to be asked to step down from this role, Amber Heard should also be asked to step down from her role as Mara. Uh, you know, there's just as much evidence that have come out, that has come out uh, against her and her abuse allegations. So to me, that's something that's, it, it's, it's very uh, um, wrong to me to, to ask Johnny Depp to step down, but keep Amber Heard as Mara. Now, Fantastic Beast three is filming a lot sooner than Aquaman two is, so maybe they're they're giving her hope, or they're giving her the benefit of the doubt, and hoping that maybe this uh, this whole thing is settled by then. Maybe some things come out, and she ends up being in the clear, and then they can move forward with with Aquaman without having to ask her to step down. But you know, time will tell. Again, Aquaman's not shooting for a long time. I don't think the uh, release date for Aquaman 2 is even anywhere near the next couple years, especially now with everything that's gone on with the, uh, the pandemic. So right now, Aquaman 2 is set for a 2022 uh, winter release, and I highly doubt that is, that is happening. Uh, right now, it's set for December 16, 2022, and I, I do not see that that happening anytime soon, um, especially with the pandemic, how it's all been. You know, they still have to finish the Batman, which isn't connected to the Aquaman movie. Um, it's in its own little world. But now they're doing the the recut of Justice League for HBO Max. So we'll see if that changes anything. If that if that recut and that retooling does uh, wonderful business for them, and a lot of people really uh, really attach themselves to this new 
Snyder Cut release of Justice League. Potentially, that could lead to a to a, a reforming of sorts to get this uh, Justice League style or this DC uh, MCU catch up back on track. You know, a DC was playing catch up with the MCU with the Marvel movies from the get go, having to to really you know they started with a Man of Steel movie. It did really good, really well for them. Uh, you know, it was polarizing, but it made made a good bit of money. It made enough money for them to justify continuing moving forward with this uh, with this uh, project that they have, uh, or with their film. And then to have to have the they made a such a jump to Batman v Superman that it, it just did not uh, it wasn't received well. It was a very low grossing film. Uh, you know, Man of Steel made 668 million and Batman v Superman, which was also just a weird title because, uh, you would think Batman versus Superman, Batman v Superman, uh, sounds like it would be a court case sort. Um, but Batman v Superman made $873 million worldwide. So it was definitely a step up from Man of Steel. Um, but then you see, and, and so that's why they continued moving forward. With Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder did Man of Steel. He did Batman v Superman. He did Justice League partially. Um, he had a family tragedy in the midst of filming that role or that movie and in the midst of cutting it. And Joss Whedon from the Avengers stepped in and a lot got changed. A lot got altered and all the way down to the color scheme, scenes getting cut, characters getting cut. Uh, so that ended up becoming a entirely different movie from, uh, from his comments. Um, and that's why we're getting the recut, the Snyder cut of it on HBO Max in the spring of 2021. Um, hopefully that hasn't been hindered uh, with the, with the pandemic. Hopefully they're still able to get that, that date, that recut. Um, it is being cut into four hour long episodes, if I remember correctly. So instead of one, two, two and a half plus hour movie, um, we're getting four hours of Justice League material with new characters being thrown in there, um, color schemes being changed, new scenes being added entirely. And it looks like, you know, one of my biggest issues was uh, with uh, Ray Fisher's character, uh, Ray Fisher's uh, character having little to no uh, really uh, depth in the in the Justice League movie. He was almost an afterthought, and I feel that Cyborg has a lot more to offer. And, and, and especially, if you're going to take him out of the Teen Titans movie, you the best part about him in the Teen Titans uh, content is he's not as dark and brooding as you know, a lot of other characters are, and as, as this world is. My hope for him was he was going to be the light in the movie and be truly the heart and soul of the movie, which it sounds like he's going to be in the Snyder Cut. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to see um, what he brings to it, what those new scenes are. And I'm super happy that um, we're getting to see more of Cyborg. And I'm hoping that, you know, on the flip side of that, I hope Flash uh, is more serious in the movie uh, to some degree. Flash can be jokey. He can be jovial. He can be, you know, a, a happy presence in the film, but he doesn't have to be a bumbling idiot. Uh, like they had him portrayed in the Justice League. Flash is one of my favorite characters, and I, I 
really hope that he gets fixed in the Snyder Cut. And also with Ben Affleck coming back to play Batman. Ben Affleck is one of my favorite actors. I'm super excited to see him back as playing Batman. I know it's you know something he always dreamed of doing. And I'm glad that he's getting to come back to the role, even if it's just for reshoots and even if it's just for this. You know, I'm glad to see him have a better uh, representation. He was the best part of Batman v Superman, in my opinion. And in Justice League, he just felt extremely deflated. Like, he wasn't happy to be there anymore. And that's unfortunate. You know, Ben Affleck, he's a, he's a good actor, to, in my opinion. And I hope to see that in this new uh, Justice League cut. Uh, moving on to the next topic, uh, Freaky. The Universal Blumhouse movie starring Vince Vaughn uh, came out this and it came out to relatively good reviews, which is fantastic. I'm always happy to see Blumhouse movies get uh, good reviews. Uh, Blumhouse is one of my favorite production companies, and not just because uh, Jason Blum and myself share a last name, and my namesake is in the, the company's name, but just because a lot of their movies I like. You know, they brought us great movies such as... Uh, such as the Paranormal Activity series, the Insidious series, uh, the Halloween remake that came out, which I'm a huge fan of, the Invisible Man movie that came out this year, which I'm a huge fan of. So I'm super excited that this movie's getting some good views, getting some good feedback. Uh, it's something that I was super, super excited to see when I first saw it. Um, it's from the director of of Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to You, uh, which are also two movies that I really enjoy and I really like. So, also very happy to see uh, them back and see, uh, you know, see Christopher Landon come back for another Blumhouse movie. I think he's a great director. Uh, I'm super happy to to have this movie out. I haven't gotten to see it yet. Looking forward to though. Vince Vaughn is another actor who I've always been a fan of, and always look forward to seeing and things. So to see him take this role in a, in a horror, and almost a horror comedy, you know, is, is, I think he's perfect for it. I think he is uh, perfect for this vibe. Um, I cannot wait to see it. Right now, it has an 85% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, 82% score from audiences, 149 Critic reviews, 292 verified audience reviews. Uh, that is amazing. That's awesome. And again, Vince Vaughn, Catherine Newton, they, from everything I've heard and from the trailers I've seen, they seem to be very, uh, have a very good chemistry. And Vince Vaughn, from everything I've heard and from the trailers, seems to just nail playing a, uh, a teenage girl trapped in his body. It's almost like a, uh, a Freaky Friday style movie with the horror mix or like the uh, Rob Schneider uh, movie uh, what was it uh, he's the I have no clue what it was called the Rob Schneider, the hot shit where he gets put into uh, the girl's body, it's a lot like that you know where this killer for whatever reason gets his consciousness transferred into the body of a high school girl her consciousness gets transferred into 
this grown, middle-aged murderer who's wanted, and he's not slowing down. He's not taking this opportunity to uh, find a new, (laughs) turn over a new leaf as this uh, young girl. He continues on his rampage and uses her uh, her sexuality and her body to lure new victims and you know, take a new approach to his uh, to his murders. And it'll be interesting to see how that plays out uh, in the movie as well, because in the trailer you can see that he's he succeeds in at least a couple kills as the girl. So I'd love to see if there's any ramifications for her uh, towards the end of that uh, that movie. And I think that'd be a really fun uh, sequel to explore um, if this movie does well and gets to have a sequel. Currently, it's at five million, uh, five and a half million dollars worldwide on a three on a, a budget which I do not have in front of me. Um, you know that's that's a not a great number. You know, five million dollars is not a fantastic. Um, uh, not a fantastic uh, box office. Times are different right now, though. You know, it, it's it's certainly a different uh, moment in time with a lot of movie theaters still closed. On top of that, you have you know the movie theaters that are open are not doing fantastic business, and they're not allowing even as many people to come into. They're they're having people. Staggered, they're only operating some as low as twenty percent capacity. Um, you know, so that's certainly a a cause for concern, in my opinion. Um, but Universal does have a special deal in place with at least AMC theaters. I don't recall if they had it in place with Regal as well, but Regal's closed right now, so I don't think it really matters. Um, but they have a deal right now where this movie's only going to have to be exclusive theaters for 17 days uh, versus the typical 70 to 90 day window movies are uh, constrained to being in theaters only. So after 17 days, I'm sure this movie will make its way to VOD, whether that's for rental or purchase uh, on iTunes, Vudu, Google Play. And once it makes its way there, you'll you'll see hopefully a whole lot of people coming to see this movie. uh, And hopefully it has a tremendous Tremendous uh, at-home viewing experience. I really hope that this movie gets a sequel. I hope that it does really well for them financially. It's doing great for them uh, as far as reviews go and critical and commercial reception. But money talks. Money's everything. So a movie can be tremendous and can be fantastic. But if it's not... If it doesn't make the money, it's not getting... You know, it, it hurts everybody involved, whether that's Blumhouse, Universal, uh, Vince Vaughn, uh, Catherine Newton, or Christopher Lynn. It, it can always... If the money's not there, it hurts everybody. And that's something that I don't want to happen because I love everybody involved. I love Blumhouse. I love Universal. I love uh, Christopher Lynn. Vince Vaughn, Catherine Newton are both great. So hopefully this movie does find an audience when it comes to home viewing options and hopefully you know that's enough to push it over the edge to continue making movies like this because it's it's a it's a genre that's different it's not your typical jump scare horrors it's not your paranormal fest or your murderers or break-ins it's 
I mean, there is a murder in it, but it's it's something different. It's something fun, uh, much like Happy Death Day, you know, had that kind of sci-fi spin on it, especially the second one. This one follows a, cert- a similar path and a similar kind of skeleton. Uh, so I really enjoy seeing these different takes on movies, and I really hope it does well so we can continue getting them. Much like uh, the other Blumhouse movies, Unfriended. Unfriended, I really like Unfriended. I like Unfriended, uh, The Dark Web, the sequel to it, even more. But unfortunately for those movies, the money wasn't there. So if the money's not there, uh, even if there's some reception, some critical reception, if the money's not there, it doesn't make any financial sense to to continue with that franchise. I would have loved to have seen a third one. I would have loved to have seen more of those types of movies getting made, but it's just not something that was in the cards, unfortunately, for those movies. Uh, and maybe it'll maybe it'll it'll continue on. Uh, maybe there's hope later on with the way movies are going right now. Everything moving to streaming. Uh, you know, maybe these these movies can find a new home. You know, maybe if they're not commercial successes in the theaters, maybe on Peacock, uh, Universal's streaming service, maybe they can strike a deal with Blumhouse and get some movies like this for that service. Uh, Blumhouse has a deal right now with Amazon where they had, they just had, I think it was four movies, um, come out in the month of October. And they're continuing that next year in 2021. I know with Hulu, they had a deal at one point where every month there was a new horror movie themed around a holiday or an event in that month. And so that was another thing that was really fun, really interesting. And I know they continued to make a, a couple sequels from those movies or they continue to make a few movies similar to that, but I don't know if that deal is still uh, fully in place. But also it's it's something that I'm extremely happy to see. I love horror movies. I love getting to see more horror movies come out, and it's it's going to be really fun to keep it going. Uh, you know, and you know, our, the next topic I have here, you know, is with Vin Diesel uh, joining the Guardian or joining Thor: Love and Thunder, the fourth Thor movie coming from James Gunn. Uh, I'm sorry, not James Gunn, but Taika Waititi, rather. Uh, this he is the latest Guardian to join. Uh, Chris Pratt is already set to reprise his role, um, and with Vin Diesel set to reprise his role as Groot, it's, I don't, if not already confirmed, um, uh, Bradley Cooper is almost for certain coming back to play Rocket Raccoon, and if you have just about everybody there, you know, if you got Groot, you got Rocket, you got Star-Lord, it's almost a done deal that the rest of the Guardians are coming on board. You know, if you recall, at the end of Avengers Endgame, we left, or we left off with Thor joining the Guardians of the Galaxy as he ventures back into space, as he's turned over the uh, reins as, as Guardian leader, uh, to Valkyrie. And he's off to, to find himself. He's off to explore, um, and, and really discover who he is now without Asgard behind him. And, you know, without Mjornor, without uh, his hammer. I don't know if I said that right. Probably not. But, you know, he's got a lot of uh, self-reflection uh, to do. And it's it's going to be fun to see him 
uh, with the Guardians of the Galaxy. The brief time they spent together in Infinity War was just a joy, and I'm very excited to see uh, see more of that uh, in this new Thor Love and Thunder uh, film. And, you know, with that, you also have uh, the Mighty Thor. You have, uh, you know, Lady Thor coming in. Um, so that'll be super fun to see Natalie Portman return to play the role of the Mighty Thor, uh, you know, the female Thor who takes up the hammer. It, it, that's going to be just a blast, you know, and I hope it doesn't spell the end for uh, Chris Hemsworth as uh, as Thor. I hope we get to see Thor in, a, in many more movies for a long time. I know he loves playing the role. I know Marvel loves having him. So I'm super excited to for the future of Thor if he continues to play it. Um, but if if he wants to take a step back and and you know we're leaving Thor and we get the mighty Thor with Natalie Portman, you know that's that's fine with me. I'm happy to see her continue on in the role for a bit and maybe we revisit with uh, Chris Hemsworth Thor later on. But that's that's something that I'm super excited for. I can't wait to see the MCU continue to grow. And on the topic of the MCU, we also got uh, an official release date for uh, WandaVision, the first Disney Plus Marvel show that will be coming out uh, January 15th, 2021. Uh, There was a lot of uh, rumors that it may have been coming out in November, then it shifted to December, and now it is official that it is coming out January 15th, uh, 2021. Cannot wait to see this this show. I cannot wait to see what uh, the MCU is going to bring to these Disney Plus shows. It's something that I've been extremely interested in and extremely excited to see. Uh, following this, we're going to have uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and I'm excited to see that take on it. And I'm ex- I'm just excited to have more MCU content. You know, we've gone a year and a half now. Um, it will be a year and a half by the time this comes out. With no MCU content, you know, no movies, no shows. The most we've gotten uh, is a black couple Black Widow trailers, posters, and uh, set photos from the Eternals movie, and then the WandaVision trailer. And that's you know we've gotten nuggets, we've gotten uh, crumbs, but now we're actually going to be able to get back into the the swing of things. We're going to have WandaVision, we're going to have Black Widow, hopefully um, in some capacity, whether it's streaming or the we're going to get the Eternals. We're going to have a Spider-Man, another Spider-Man movie. Um, we're going to have uh, you know, Disney Plus shows. So the MCU, it, it took a break, but it's we're in the full swing of things. And I cannot wait to hear uh, or wait to see, uh, rather, the transformation that comes with every all the fallout from Endgame. And you know, with WandaVision being the first show back, the multiverse, it's as it seems that we're going to be tackling um, and Wanda's psyche um, and what her gripping with the loss of vision will do to the the rest of the Marvel world. Is this going to be fallout that carries over to each film? Is this going to be condensed to just her? And is this going to, to have ramifications for you know the introductions of the X-Men moving forward or the Fantastic Four? or new villains coming through. It is a very interesting uh, concept and an exciting time 
uh, in the MCU. We may have just finished the Infinity Saga, but now there is a plethora uh, still to come with the MCU, with the multiverse, uh, with the X-Men still to come, with the Fantastic Four still to come, and you know other characters that we haven't seen in the MCU yet, such as Blade and Moon Knight and Kamala Khan. These are all going to be just absolutely fantastic additions and fantastic new chapters in the MCU that I, I cannot wait to see. Ah. And then on the last bit that I wanted to touch on, the Mandalorian had its uh, its latest episode, The Heiress, I believe it's episode 3, come out this past Friday. If you haven't seen it yet and you are trying to refrain from any kind of spoilers or anything like that, uh, feel free to go ahead and turn off the the podcast now, um, but I thought, you know, I'll, I'll, I thought this episode was just a fantastic episode, a return to form, you know, with the last two episodes being, you know, a little repetitive, whether it's, you know, the first one was he got some information where Samantha maybe goes there, bunk information, comes back in the second episode, gets more information, but now he's got a He's got to transport someone to get the information. Gets there. Turns out the information is is less than reliable. And luckily, he he stumbles into some Mandalorians anyways. Um, a different uh, creed, if you will, of Mandalorian. Um, some that aren't so serious as uh, as he is to the to the culture. And you know, in this uh, group, we got the return of Bo-Katan. Uh, Katie Sackhoff, who I love seeing pop up in things, whether Flash or this, or anything else that I come across with her. She's always a joy to have. And I'm excited to see The Mandalorian continue to unfold. The uh, action scenes in this uh, episode, as they're going through the corridor, as they're trying to, you know, they're basically, it's basically a pirate episode where they're trying to take this ship, take these weapons, and use them for their own purposes. And the Mandalorian's just there to, to get, uh, to make a deal. You know, he's, he's, Mando's there to, he needs some information, and he's willing to do whatever he has to to get this information so he can get the child to people of its kind. And, you know, it's, it's a, it was a fun episode, and we finally got a touch of, uh, you know, we finally got a touch of Giancarlo Esposito's uh, character, and it's finally, is all I can say. You know, it, it's it's something that should have been, that I, I was hoping and getting scared that we weren't going to see him till the end of the uh, the season. Thank goodness he was there, though. You know, we got to see his character, yeah, Moff Gideon, uh, briefly, uh, from the back in a hologram form, but we heard his voice. We know that the Dark Saber is a well sought off, sought after piece of of uh, weaponry that uh, Bo-Katan is also after, and that she needs to rule uh, over the Mandalorians to to have this new kind of regime take over uh, with her at the, at the helm, and so. 
that is something that you know, is very interesting because now it's you have Moff Gideon who's trying to get these weapons to he's stockpiling weapons for some reason he's after the child he's after Mando because Mando has the child and you have Bo-Katan now with her groupies looking for him to get the dark safe so you have this game of cat and mouse and cat again I guess and they're all just searching for each other and it's going to be exciting to see how this all kind of concludes at the end of this season if there's you know maybe a large standoff maybe there's there's something there and we didn't get any hints of uh, of the other Mandalorians that he's looking for um, and we didn't get any hints to uh, to um, Boba Fett as we did in the first episode so you know with Boba Fett coming in at some point and you know Mandalorian Mando has the that arm he has Boba Fett's armor um, that he brought back to base of sorts so we'll see what that uh, that looks like for him what he's going to have uh, moving forward um, we'll see you know what uh, how Boba Fett gets that armor or how they come to to blow or maybe uh, Boba Fett's here to help. You know, we'll find out hopefully uh, shortly in the season. Uh, the show has seemingly taken a turn to a uh, a mission of the week style instead of a linear story. You know, there was a few episodes in season one that were you know mission of the week, uh, almost filler like episodes, and this seems to be this season they seem to be heavily focused on mission of the week with little sprinkles of. Uh, story progression. Not necessarily what I want in a nine, eight, nine episode uh, season, but as as long as the story's progressing, as long as I'm being entertained, I'm not going to complain too much, and I'm not going to to gripe about it. As long as I'm entertained, as long as the story's progressing and we're getting to the end, I'm happy. So, with that being said, though. It's it's exciting to see the Mandalorian back. I'm super happy to have that uh, in my life. You know, it's with the way this year's been and the new content being scarce, we've had a lot of good things kind of slip under the radar. Um, I'll have some reviews up later today uh, in regards to two horror movies that I stumbled upon, with one of which came out this year and the other may have come out this year, may have come out last year. I can't quite figure that one out. Um, but, you know, two horror movies that came out on Shudder that were both really good. Um, one more entertaining than it is horrific. Um, and one more, you know, horror. Uh, those movies being Z, which Z was a tremendous creepy child horror movie. Uh, really happy with it. And, you know, I, I encourage you to check it out. Um, if you want to read my review again, that'll be up later today. And then on top of that, you and then I saw um, uh, the Cleansing Out, which is another Shutter uh, original movie, debuted as a short film, uh, got picked up and became a feature film at a festival. Shutter picked it up, and it is tremendous. I love the Cleansing Hour. It is like it's the concept of it and the subject matter, while in horror genre and within horror vein, 
the movie itself is just flat out entertaining and just fun to watch. It's a fun, short, easy, not short, but easy to consume movie. It flies by and it's something that I also can't recommend enough if you're looking for something new to watch, especially even if you don't like horror movies. It's still a movie that you can put on and again, the subject matter is within the horror realm. The movie itself is more entertaining than it is scary, in my opinion. Uh, Z, however, Z's creep. If you don't like horror movies or you have a, a thing about uh, children uh, or you have some small siblings uh, with imaginary friends or nephews, nieces, or you're around kids with imaginary friends, don't. I, I, I might not recommend Z so much as Z is just creepy. It's eerie. Um, and lastly, before I end this for today, for this inaugural episode, uh, the TikTok trend. Uh, the TikTok movie going around, Megan is Missing. I got a chance to watch that last night as well. And Megan is Missing is one of the most unsettling and, and uh, um, unflattering experiences I've ever had watching a film. Um, after watching it, you, I just felt dirty. I felt grimy. I felt like I needed a shower. It was incredibly unsettling, which is what the movie was going for. So the movie did its job phenomenal. It did really well. I'm very uh, happy with the way that movie came out and very happy with my experience with that movie um, as, as far as you know what it set out to accomplish. As far as my experience as a whole, um, the, the aftermath of the movie, it was a hard watch, honestly, at some points. It was a hard watch. It, it's... It's definitely a a chore to get through in some parts because of the subject matter, because of how it's filmed, and because of the fantastic performances by the uh, the uh, the young girl uh, who plays Amy in the movie. It is quite frankly just it may be the most I think it is the most disturbing movie I've ever seen and probably ever will see. Uh, it's you can rent it on. YouTube, Google Play, and Amazon. That's about the only places I could find it. Um, if you don't mind the quality, there's a free version on YouTube that you can find. It's the entire movie in a rather low resolution, but it's there for free. Uh, you know, and it's a found footage film that feels a little too real, but it is, it is great at accomplishing its goal, and it is, it is a fantastic movie if you're wanting to just feel dirty. Uh, or if you have kids and you want to show them not to talk to strangers on the internet or meet up with strangers, great movie for that too. It's a very educational movie in that, in that uh, manner. Uh, but other than that, that is all I have for today. Um, next week's show will probably be a little bit longer. Uh, you know, I'm looking to do these about an hour or longer each week, this one being a little bit shorter, about 45 minutes, give or take. Uh, but again, there's with the way the world is right now, there's not a whole lot of news going on. Um, hopefully I'll be able to check out some more movies this week to have some more uh, verbal reviews and get some more written reviews up on the website. And then also hopefully some uh, news comes out. And you know, if, any, if, if nothing else, 
we have the Tom and Jerry trailer to discuss next Monday uh, that comes out tomorrow. Uh, but other than that, thank you so much for listening, if you are listening. And I look forward to continuing this podcast and continuing making episodes. And I hope everybody has a great day. Stay safe. And I look forward to having you come back again. Do I really look like a guy with a plan? Please go. Not fucking real. Right? <laughs> <laughs>